A pleasant good evening, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy as we get you set for Bears Packers coming up here on Sunday. Our pregame coverage at 9, kickoff at noon from Soldier Field. Be sure to listen to News Radio 1059 WBBM and all the great programming right here on the score and the buildup to the matchup. My partner, Tom Thayer, ready to go. It's Packer Week. He's got a grim look on his face, as he always does, when the green and yellow come in the calling. Yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, it's kind of weird because we should be in a great mood after the performance in Las Vegas. However, you start thinking about what's in front of you, and that's the unique thing about football. And not only is it the Green Bay Packers, but the importance of a division game. And you like the Bears to keep on rolling, keep on the you know keep the momentum that they've they've been able to build over the last couple of weeks and carry it right through into uh, Green Bay. Coming up next, we'll be hearing from Cody Whitehair, the Bears' veteran left guard, and we'll also be joined by veteran Packers beat writer over the years, Bob McGinn, a Pro Football Hall of Famer as uh, we get you set for the kickoff. Uh, the angry way in which the Bears played, certainly something you enjoyed watching on tape all over again, the offensive line, uh, the blocking again by the tight ends, uh, the running game getting north and south and giving punishing blows over the course of the uh, the game, and that's what they needed to win in the games against the Lions and the Packers. Can, or excuse me, Lions and the Raiders. Can they do that now against the Packers, the same type of game plan? You know, they have to, Jeff. But, J- Jeff, think about your, your history over the NFL. When you think about the best teams throughout your broadcasting career, they all had that offense and defensive line identity. Whether it was the Baltimore Ravens, whoever you want to handpick over the years. And so the Bears in the last couple weeks have put on display that their front seven defensively and their offensive line is taking a different physical approach to their success. And if they can keep that up and continue to develop and even improve on that reputation, you don't know what the limits are for this team. So it's it's about you know having the two offensive and defensive line play the most important role in the game this week. I think we both agree that uh, Elijah Wilkinson, who expects to get the start at right tackle for Jermaine Effetti, who goes on the short-term IR list with a knee issue, played a very physical game. He was very physical uh, up front, and that's exactly what you needed. He said it's not easy for him going back and forth. He likes being settled in at right tackle. You know, that's one thing about it. You know, we didn't know what to expect out of Elijah Wilkinson when he came in the game. But when he came in the game, he kept on that brand of a physical style of play. He, you know, played to the whistle. There was no drop-off. And I think that was really encouraging to Bill Lazor, the play caller, knowing that he could still stick with what was successful for them, and that was running the ball. Well, Tom, news of the day involving the Bears. Uh, not good news for Damian Williams and the running game. Williams has been placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. So he will not be able to play on Sunday. So that puts the onus on Khalil Herbert, the rookie who impressed with an 18-carry performance against the Vegas Raiders. Um, I think he's built for this. I think he's going to be just fine. Oh, yeah, so do I. You know, I think they're fortunate to have Ryan Nall waiting in the wings, and they signed Artavis Pearson recently. They're both familiar with the complete playbook. They were here the entire training camp. So, yeah. A majority of the responsibility is going to fall onto the shoulders of Khalil Herbert, first, second, and third down. But, you know, Ryan has been in there as a fullback in the last couple weeks, and um, he has a really good understanding of this system. So I don't put any less expectations on the running game. It's just a matter that who's going to be in that position to carry the load. And the interesting aspect of it, Herbert has yet to catch a pass in the regular season, uh, just 34 in his systems in Kansas and Virginia Tech. But uh, he showed in preseason that he can catch the football. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I have no doubt that Khalil Herbert is not capable of doing anything that's asked of him. The only advantage it really gives you is there's so little scouting information on Khalil and Ryan Nall, for that matter, or Artavis Pierce, that the coaches from Green Bay are going to be scrambling a little bit also and how to best take advantage of the newness in the backfield. Now, given that you've got a rookie quarterback and now you got a rookie sixth-round back that got his feet wet last week with a big, big load and finished the job, he was the closer for the game, do you feel that they'll stress, try to stress them a little bit with blitzes and blitz pickup responsibilities? Put them in conflict. You know, if if they do, Jeff, and the quarterback with his legs beats one of those blitzes, then all of a sudden now you're apprehensive about blitzing. And if you're a running back and you have a good experienced offensive line in front of you and you take advantage of one of those out-of-position blitzers and turn it in a big run, then you change their mind. So me, the most important position coming out of the locker room is going to be the offense and defensive line, in which we talked about earlier. And I think the complete assistance of the t- of the tight end position is a good game plan to go into in a running back situation that you're going to have. The only thing I like about uh, Herbert is he runs north and south. Hey, you know what? That's the best compliment of any back you can talk about in the NFL is a guy that has the willingness to run north and south. If you want to get the most positive yards, commit to your point of attack and follow along according to plan. Allow the play to deliver you what ultimately it's going to get. Justin Fields uh, is the quarterback facing Aaron Rodgers for the first time. People are trying to ask him this week, hey, wow, it's it's Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the field. And heck, he'll, he'll be asked again next week, it's Tom Brady. But right now, even as a young player, he answered the question exactly the way he needed to answer it. To be honest, like I don't look at it as a matchup between me and Aaron. or you know, I didn't look at it a matchup back then. It's between me and Trevor. Um, I'm simply doing whatever I need to do to help my team win. And if that's hand the ball off 80 times during a game or if that's, you know, throw for however so many yards, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm not worried about comparisons between touchdown stats. I'm just worried about winning. That's it. Yeah, you know, you listen, you're never going to play against them. All it is is about Justin Fields, the fans should be focused on his improvement week in and week out, and that's how the Bears are going to develop into the strongest team possible. Yeah, listen, you're never going to deny the greatness that Aaron Rodgers has been putting on display since he's taken over there. So I think it's a little bit unfair when you ask a question of a rookie quarterback playing against the Green Bay Packers for the first time about Aaron Rodgers because the biggest, the bigger pitcher is winning a division game. All right, coming up next, one of the guys that will be blocking for Khalil Herbert and the rest of the Bears' backfield is Cody Whitehair, the left guard, joins us next. It's all coming up here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, back on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Pleased to be joined by Bears veteran left guard Cody Whitehair. Good to see you, Cody. How are things going for you right now? Things are great, man. We're, you know, getting this thing turned back around and, uh, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing it. So, uh, big week this week with the Packers and, uh, you know, we're going to be, be ready to roll for that. You know, I love what you had to say earlier in the week about after the Cleveland game, everybody had a, basically it was a look in the mirror moment for everybody. And what came out of that is significant, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, we, we know we're better than what we put on tape against, against Cleveland and, you know, credit to this team to get this thing turned around and, and going in the right direction. So, uh, you know, we're going to keep it going forward. 
Hey, you know, Cody, so I remember once we were playing a game, and I remember reading the scoreboard in Minnesota and said, thus far in the season, the Bears have given up seven sacks. Tonight, they've given up nine. So I've been in the same position that you were as an offensive lineman. And it was more of us just going back to our offensive line room, kind of talking about and recommitting to each other. What was the kind of the message just said amongst you guys, not not the team? Yeah, you know, obviously you don't want to put yourself in those situations and have sacks and get your quarterback hit and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we take a lot of pride in protecting our quarterback and, um, you know, making sure he has enough time to get the ball down the field or wherever, wherever he's going to go with the ball. So, you know, it was basically like, um, you know, we came in and we were like, this ain't good enough. This isn't who we want to be. And, um, you know, came out to practice with a different, different mentality to get the thing turned around. And that's, that's kind of been the turning point of where we, where we've, where we're at and where we've been. You know, without a lot of time to develop, the relationship amongst offensive linemen is unique. How is the relationship developing between you and Jason Peters with your experience and all of his experience? Yeah, it's going well. Um, obviously, each week we're going to get a little bit better, you know, passing off games, being in the right situation at the right time. But, uh, you know, I like where we're at now, um, and it's only going to get better moving forward, so I'm excited about that. You know, it's three times as many years in the game uh, than you. With Jason Peters, it's hard to imagine. Can you, okay, what you've endured already in in your time has been a lot. It's a roller coaster, right? Success, failure, changing positions, whatnot. But as you think about going to work every day, do you just look at him and say, "Wow, can I do this for eighteen years?" I mean, it's a fair question, right? Yeah, it's impressive. Um, you know the the energy he brings to the room, even being you know an eighteen year veteran, is just. It's amazing. It really is. The the energy, the vibe he brings to our room every morning, um, you know, and it carries over to practice. I mean, the things he sees, the things he sees on film, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm picking his brain and trying to get as much information as I can. You know, and this uh, and Tom has taught me this many times. You never learn everything as an offensive lineman because of the guy next to you or the guy in front of you that you're trying to block. So are you even amazed at what you've digested? from a guy like Jason Peters here just in this short time? And and what specifically has he taught you that you really didn't know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm always picking his brain. Um, you know, there, there's little things that he sees on tape that are just, you know, especially in the back end, seeing safeties and stuff. Um, you know, so I've been able to pick his brain on on his tactics on how to watch tape and and figuring out the little things that he sees, especially on the back end, not just in the in the box of the seven, but you know, with safety rotations and all this kind of stuff. It's pretty impressive. Hey, uh, Cody, let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum than Jason Peters. Let's look at your quarterback. Um, what type of energy does he bring into the huddle, and how is that energy changing week to week? You know, for a young guy, he's he's very you know, he, he's a good leader for being such a young guy. Um, you know, he comes in the huddle each and every week, um, you know, very poised, um, which is pretty cool to see because as a young guy, you know, there's a lot of emotion in the game. There's a lot of things that can happen and he just keeps his poise, whether a good play, a bad play, he's always, you know, he's got that next play mentality already in place. And that's, that's pretty cool to have as a young guy. Cause you know, I can remember when I was playing as a young guy, you know, if a, if a bad play happens, you tend to let it wear on your heart a little bit. And you're like, dang, man, I wish I could have that play back. But, uh, you know, in this league, you know, you have to move to the next play because you can't let one play affect two, three, four plays. Um, you know, so I think that's really, really cool to see as as a young guy to see him be able to move on from play to play. You know, it was amazing to me, Cody, from this past Sunday in Las Vegas. 
is before the first half ended, you guys had already earned the Vegas crowd out of it, and you incorporated the Chicago Bears fans. Could you hear it, and could you feel it? Because it seemed to me the last couple snaps before the end of the first half, even though you were in shotgun, you were still able to use a vocal uh, cadence. Yeah, absolutely. You know, our fans are great. They travel really well, and, you know, going clear across the country to be able to have basically a home field advantage that whole second half was pretty special. Um, you know, so credit to our fans. And then, of course, you know, later in the fourth quarter here and, you know, go Bears and stuff like that. It's just <laughs> unbelievable on the road. Cody, I don't know if you saw it, and I don't know if you're on Twitter at all, but people have sent videos, and in the corridors of Allegiant Stadium, it was they were singing the Bears fight song. Now, I don't think that would have happened in the old black hole in Oakland because somebody's getting beat up or somebody's throwing punches. But they literally, and, and, and Tom even uh, agrees, like any team that goes in there, it's now like a vacation spot. I mean, people are going to Vegas. They're going to go follow their team. But um, that's rare. That's unique, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, our fans are, are great. You know, they always travel well. It always, you know, they always – they always come with great passion, um, you know, and you can and, and, and we can feel that on the field, you know, when when they're chanting go Bears or defense when our defense is out there and stuff like that. It's just it's unbelievable, unbelievable to see and especially on the road. For sure. Yeah. And well, you can also feel it when they turn turn ugly. Sometimes it's Soldier Field, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're, they're equal opportunity that way. Cody Whitehair, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Uh, Cody from the time you stepped in, you've been a starter in 2016, a second-round pick. Uh, the Bears moved back twice to get you. They clearly targeted you. And your in-huddle demeanor, has it changed? Have you have you spoken up more maybe than you did as a rookie? I mean, that's assumed in many regards, but you've always been a leader. So what what take us through that transition of the huddle because we're not in it, and that's a cool place to be if you've never been in it. Yeah, um, you know, when I first came in, I had, you know, some pretty veteran offensive linemen around me, um, you know, and now it's transitioned six years later, and I'm kind of, you know, one of the older guys, especially before we got Jason, um, you know, so especially during that training camp, you know, you find yourself, you know, try, trying to just talk a little bit more in the huddle, figure things out. You know, we only have a very short time to figure out our mistakes and, you know, communicate, you know, 40 seconds isn't, isn't much to communicate. Um, you know, so I find myself, you know, doing that a little bit more and talking to Sam and, you know, Stan, Sam's done a great job filling that center position and, you know, his communication has been great and Mike points and all that stuff, you know, he's, he's just done a great job, but I do find myself as a little bit more veteran guy, you know, speaking up a little bit more in that huddle. Have you ever lost your temper in the huddle that you regret or just, be, you know, or, or have you ever said something really funny that cracked up the whole group? Um, I'm really not the funniest guy, you know. I'm more, I'm, I'm more serious in business when when we're out there, and um, you know, you definitely do have some emotional time in that huddle where you you do kind of have to get on some guys, um, you know. So yes, I, I have I have had some frustrating moments in the huddle, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's all love. We're just trying to f figure out our mistakes and move on. Have you ever noticeably danced in club dub? Yeah, that's funny. We we had a little we had a little dance. Um, you know, obviously it was a big win for us in Vegas, and um, you know, Club Dub was pretty 
pretty lit on the, on Sunday, you know, so there's actually a few videos that, that some of the offensive linemen have of, of me dancing in there. So it's pretty cool. Wow. Now it's on so, tape. Now it's there forever. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, that's as haunting as the Super Bowl shuffle. Absolutely. Hey, Cody, so the, uh, the mentality changed in the last couple of weeks because as much as you guys have run the ball, do you feel physically more exhausted after a heavy-duty run effort or do you feel more physically exhausted when you got a, you know, pass block, stand in your feet, maintain the protection for seconds? And wh- where do you feel different? I mean, when you anytime you run the ball 30 times a game, like we have the past couple times, you know, plus 30 times, it's it's taxing on the body for sure. And as, as I've gotten a little bit older, I, I guess the soreness has kind of lingered a little bit more throughout the week than, than if I was younger. But I definitely do feel a little bit more sore when we run the ball because – you know, coming off the ball like that and creating double teams and creating movement for our running backs, you know, you, you, you definitely are a little bit more sore, um, you know, but, but the reward, you know, yeah. see, see, you know, yeah. you know, 140 yards on, on the board at the end of the game or, you know, whatever it was, it's, it's pretty rewarding as an offensive line, as an offensive line to open up those holes for our guys and, you know, help them, help them get in the end zone for sure. Dude, you, you know, defenses aren't built for 16 play drives. And when I was watching you guys go through that in, the, in that game, I was going, not only I was thinking about how good you guys looked in that whole process, but how fatigued the defense looked throughout that whole process. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk about a run game and creating body blows on the, on the defensive line, you know, and that's, that's what the run game is. You know, you may, you may only have, you may have a play here and there where you get two or three yards, but Hey, you know, you're giving them a body blow and they're going to remember that come, come the end of the fourth quarter for sure. Cody White here. One more segment to go with the bears veteran guard after a break here on Chicago sports radio, six seventy. the score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Cody Whitehair, the Bears veteran guard. Uh, Cody, when the, after the Cleveland game and you, and you guys decide, okay, we're going to be as an offense, we're going we're gonna to go smash mouth here. We're going to get everybody involved in the blocking. The blocking, the t- tight ends and the receivers and the backs, everybody. It's been impressive. But... Did they literally go to you guys and say, we're going to put this game on you. We're going to put this offense on your shoulders, and you guys are going are gonna to take the ball and run with it. Was that a literal explanation, potentially, of what, what went on here? and Or did you guys ask for it as an offensive line? No, it was, it was a little bit of both. Um, you know, obviously, we... Um you know, we hated the the way we felt every time we came off of the field, you know, on third down or whatever it was after the Cleveland game. We just hated it. There was such a bad taste in our mouth that, you know, collectively as an offense, we were like, we have to get this thing turned around. This this is not who we are. So I would say, you know, collectively as an offense, we, you know, kind of knew that wasn't who we wanted to be or what our identity was, Um, you know, and it just took the guys coming in every day, having that mentality that we're going to get this thing turned around, Um, you know, and it's going to be, you know, short lived and we're going to watch this tape on Tuesday and we're going to move on, Um, you know, and that was kind of our mentality. And you could really kind of tell how practice has changed the mentality throughout walking, walking through the facility. Um, You know, just everybody's mentality just shifted after that game. And, um, you know, things, things have gotten a lot better. That's for sure. We'll talk about the green Bay game then because of the responsibility that's put on the shoulders of the offensive linemen for sustained time of possession that result in scores 
You have multiple running backs that are taking place. You got the tight end position as doing as good a job as blocking as I've seen here in quite a long time. Do you guys feel that it's it's not the responsibility of how the defense plays against Aaron Rodgers? How Aaron Rodgers? It's how well the, your offense can play against their defense in the time consumption aspect of it all. Absolutely, and anytime you're playing playing a guy like Aaron Rodgers, it, the more you can keep him off the field, the better. Um, you know, so we just have to be efficient. Um, you know, on first and second down, stay out of third and long situations and keep moving the sticks and, and score in the red zone. Um, you know, that's the biggest thing is we we can't hurt ourselves once we get down to the red zone. We have to be efficient in that area and get six instead of three. Cody Whitehair, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. I went back. The, the first real big story they did on you back in 2016. The headline was, Old School Cody Whitehair Brings Farm Work Ethic to Bears. It was in the Chicago <laughs> Tribune. And, and that has proven to be true. You haven't changed your colors despite uh, success, contracts, and you're the same guy as you were when you got here, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I take a lot of pride in that. Um, you know, I, I feel like you know, the more you can be the same guy every day, the more respect you get um, throughout the league, throughout, you know, this facility, um, you know, and throughout the locker room. Um, you know, so that's what I try and pride myself. I just try and be the same guy, be consistent, um, you know, in everything I do and, and be the same guy every day. Would you say you're different, though, in terms of the weight room? Because you love that place and you've added a lot of armor since college. I mean, I went back and saw a still photo of you at Kansas State, not to say you weren't a big guy then, but you're a much bigger guy now. You could tell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and the, and the thing about it is, too, once you get in the season, obviously you're going to lose some strength. Um, you know, we know that that's part, you know, of, of your body getting broke down. But what I really try and focus on is I want to be the last guy on the field to lose my strength. Um, you know, so I, I take really – you know, a, a good amount of time in the weight room to try and keep my strength up throughout the season because, you know, as your body gets beat up, as you wear down, you're going to lose some of that strength. But I want to try and be the last one to lose as much as I can. You know, Cody, our great friend, my great friend now for 30-something years, Clyde Emmerich, he always says to me, hey, can you ask Cody, ask him if he's crossing the line? Because I guess it's an expression that he's invented that you want to take your strength beyond you know, you set a goal, but you want to go beyond that. So, you know, I know Clyde, you know, going through some tough times, but he's still one hell of a guy. How do you take that expression about you crossing the line? Yeah, you know, Clyde's a great guy. He's, he still comes around when he can, when he can, you know, and it's always good to see him in here. And every time, you know, I, I hit I hit a better lift or, you know, I, I, I cross that line, I guess, if you will. I got to let him know because he's – you know, he's I you know, even if he's not here, I give him a call and you, you can tell behind the phone he's definitely smiling. <laughs> yeah. I, I went to see him last week. That's the first thing he said. Have you got a chance to run into Cody yet? And when you do, ask him if he's crossing the line. It's an innocent expression, so don't anybody take it a wrong way. It's just way Clyde's way of encouraging everybody since he started, you know, the first strength coach in the NFL of encouragement in the weight room because you know, you're the same guy that uh, you achieved this veteran status that you have to encourage these young guys that you see of, hey, work harder or work smarter or whatever the case is because the weight room plays such an important role in your overall success. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's going to be times after a game where you're a little bit more sore than others, obviously. But, 
you know, being able to put that bar on your back and, and, you know, work range of motion and, you know, just work that lactic acid out of there and get ready for Wednesday so you can have a really good week. It's, 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 it's very important. Um, you know, so I try and stress that to my guys as, as a veteran guy to, to make sure that we're still staying strong in the weight room. And in addition to that, you got to have super strong hands. And I read a story back uh, when you first started as well about using grip squeeze devices. Do you still do that? Absolutely. Yep. Every day. Um, you know, that's kind of when I sit in, sit in, you know, the room and watch a little tape early in the morning, I, I get my grip work in a little bit, um, you know, every day as much as I can, um, you know, because as an offensive lineman, you know, your hands are really important as well. So you got to keep those just as, just as strong as your body for sure. Yeah. Tom, we got our five things here now. Ready? Five things for Cody. Fun stuff. Quick answers. All right, buddy. You ready? Cool. Something yep. other than football you are surprisingly good at? Cooking. Whoa. Me too. You and Thayer are twins. Right. Uh, Love to. A bucket list item you got to get to? Um, go to Hawaii. Tom's Me got too. a place. <laughs> you guys are twins. Favorite athlete growing up? Um, Walter Payton. Tom Block for him. A moment you were left starstruck by. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. Tom, you can answer that one. Maybe having dinner with Frank Sinatra. Yeah, wow. but we don't want to. We don't want to rehash that. But yeah, I mean, it was a great, one of the greatest experiences of my life when you have a chance to sit at a table with a guy of that enormous world-renowned recognition and get a chance to pick his brain. Amazing. All right, last one, uh, guilty pleasure. Ooh, that's a tough one, too. You guys are stumping me here. <laughs> um, I don't know. I can go back to the one and, and talk about that, too, the one you said before that. Um, I guess a cool moment for me was when I when I got drafted here, I went to uh, Dick's restaurant, and uh, I walked up the stairs, and he was sitting up there. So that was pretty cool <laughs> being, you know, hearing all the stories about the Chicago Bears and then, you know, being able to see see Dick it was pretty cool. You you could have played for him, that's for sure. And that's a great compliment, exactly, right? Yeah. Thank you. All right, Cody, we're going to let you go. Appreciate all the time. Good luck this week against the Packers, and uh, keep this streak rolling. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, guys. That's Bears, Thanks, Cody. Bears guard Cody Whitehair. Tom and I return. We'll be joined by Bob McGinn, the veteran beat writer for the Green Bay Packers. It's all coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People who get it with Tom Thayer and Jeff Joniak. Bob McGinn joins us now, the veteran beat writer for the Green Bay Packers here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel for many years, then uh, trying some different endeavors. What's your, what's your latest, what's your newest stop, Bob? Good morning, Jeff. Um, I'm now with my former running mate in, in Milwaukee at the Journal Sentinel, Tyler Dunn, at his website, golongtd.com. Long-form journalism, that's Tyler's specialty, and that's kind of what I'm doing still with reading the Packers, uh, the McGinn Files, and my NFL draft coverage for a 38th straight year. So in this uh, 38th year of existence uh, with the Packers, what is the uh, storyline right now? Because uh, it didn't start great, but they've, they've caught fire here a little bit. But just broad scope, because there's a lot to break down and unpack about the Aaron Rodgers angles. Uh, a horrendous uh, opener against the Saints. Very solid football in the last four games. Uh, they're in position to kind of go wherever they want. First time in Matt LaFleur's tenure, they've had injuries uh, to, at, to a large scale. 
And we're really seeing that this guy really can coach because he's overcome a lot of a lot of uh, personnel losses. Is there any concern about Mike Pettin being a part of the Chicago Bears staff? I don't know that, Tom, but I I would think so. I mean, he was a huge part of uh, he was with Lafleur early, with him late. Um, I think he knows an awful lot about that offense, right? You know, so question number two: When you look at the offense and you look at the statistics that you know are mounting up. And you look at what Devontae Adams is doing single-handedly with the help of Aaron Rodgers. So is there any concern that if anything would derail Devontae Adams that this offense would have a, a t- it would struggle? Or are they just so happy to have the combo of Aaron and Devontae and with an exclamation point around Aaron Jones? Well, if they had Valdi Scantling back, Tom, that would give him the deep threat and another legit receiver. But Alan Lazard has really shown almost nothing now, and Rodgers really ignores him. You know, they lost Adams for two or three games early last season, and they they won games without him, but they weren't nearly as good. If they lost Adams, it would be a complete devastating blow. Um, But they have a great back in Aaron Jones, and if they get Scantling back, they would have a deep threat. Bob McGinn, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Top there, Jeff Joniak. Bob, you know, let's uh, talk about Aaron Jones because <clears throat> I think he's an underrated back. I, I think he could be a guy that uh, could be a 30-carry 30, 30 guy. I know that doesn't exist anymore in the National Football League, but is he underrated in your view from a from a 50,000-foot uh, view of what he brings to the table? Uh, by now, maybe not underrated, Jeff. You know, a lot of people, he's had three good three really good years. I mean, he's a slasher. He runs with courage. Um, now, he had a lost fumble early in the season, and he had another one here uh, Sunday against Cincinnati that uh, it was avoided because of forward progress. But um, And he's a very good receiver. He can split wide and do all that stuff. Uh, LaFleur has stretched the field horizontally, and McCarthy really didn't do that. All his check down stuff was in the middle of the field. And now, but he sends Jones off to the sideline, and you got to cover 53 and a third to handle Green Bay. So, Bob, you know, we have Alec Ogletree, who happened to be on vacation visiting Robert Quinn. He comes aboard for a physical, and now he's one of the best linebackers we have. You guys have a guy that rubbed elbows rookie year with LaFleur over in Atlanta, Devondre Campbell. And I hear all and read all these complimentary things from Aaron Rodgers. So how much has this guy come on board and without really knowing a lot about him throughout the offseason, not bailed out the linebacker position, but has really helped the defense? Still want to see more, Tom, but the guy has played pretty darn good football here. He's wearing the green dot. I mean, he's far better. It's been a revolving door. They haven't spent any money at that position really since drafting A.J. Hawk. Um, you know, Ty Summers, the the guy from Minnesota last year, Martin. Uh, Chris Barnes is okay, but this is a step up. Uh, Campbell still can run. He came out from Minnesota, and that's really the big thing. He can run, and he can cover backs, and he can do some stuff in zone drops. Um, and he's been a pretty physical guy on the hitting department. So it's been a huge addition, and now they have Jalen Smith, and we'll have to see where they fit him in. The offensive line or Jair Alexander, what injuries is the most interruptive to the Green Bay Packers? Um, You know, Tom, that's the most uh, remarkable thing of these first five weeks. Uh, They played without three starters in this last game on the old line, but you got got (laughs) Nijman now and two guards, Runyon and Newman. And a young center, Josh Myers, they got eight guys now who I think can play. 
And I don't ever recall that in Green Bay where you got eight old linemen. Um, Runyon, maybe it's seven and a half with that guy. He's a little, but their offensive line coach is Adam Stenovich. Uh, they've developed people on their old line. Well, uh, they got to protect that uh, the gold the golden arm, I guess. And, and you know, it, it, he he helps them in as many ways as they help him. So, I mean, he's the most. Uh, if you're an opponent of this of this man, and you're a navy blue and orange supporter, uh, there's nothing more irritating to play Aaron Rodgers when it's third down and twenty, and he can find a way to make a play. And uh, it's happened repeatedly. That's why I say for this game. You know, no matter where the Packers are at or where the Bears are at, you you can't make a mistake. It it almost has to be that way because he capitalizes on every single mistake you make. Uh, yeah, he uh, he was terrible on opening day, and um, you know he didn't have the off season, and he's played not great, but he's played well here by his standards the last month. Um, his connection with Adams, you know, Green Bay's had a lot of terrific receivers, starting with Don Hudson, then Lofton, and then in the uh, during their renaissance. Um, Adams has been really incredible, and his his numbers on the road have been absolutely uh, ast- astonishing. Uh, his numbers on the road, um, 10 catches or more on road games in NFL history. He has 10. The all-time leader is Julio Jones with 11. So he's going to be right at home against the young corners of the Bears at Soldier Field. Bob McGinn, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Uh, in 2011, the Bill Nunn Award used to be the McCann Award, uh, elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame for his many years reporting on pro football. And uh, a guy that put together a book, the Ultimate Super Bowl book, which I found fascinating in every angle. Because, Tommy, when we, when we were allowed to cover Super Bowls and, and go to the Super Bowl, Bob is in there. And just finding out every little detail, including the one nugget that I always, in the back of my mind, because you're putting together, my, you know, I'm putting them in my board every week, and I get the height and weight. And the height and weight for a guy in, in the league 15 years ago is, it, the weight's not going to be the same. The height is going to be the same. But uh, Bob would ask, hey, how, you know, he get the height and weight of every guy. Every guy on Super Bowl Sunday. Because it did make a difference. Right, Bob? And sometimes guys were told not to even... Answer those questions. You can't even get guys now to say what their weight is coming out of training camp. Yeah, there's uh, sometimes even the strength coaches at Super Bowls would be a little hesitant, but those assistant strength coaches, those are the guys who would give it up, Jeff. (laughs) See, you're a scout at heart, right? Because you love the draft. Aren't you a scout at heart? Um, I'm an information gatherer who tended to work scouts. I saw that as an, uh, an all kind of an open area of information. I love my assistant coaches over the years in Green Bay and around the league, but the scouts are guys who, uh, boy, if you get to know them, they can really help you. And they, and they all know 100 times more football than I'll ever know. What is the deficiency of the Green Bay Packers? Uh, let's see. The deficiency would be pass rush without Zedaria Smith. Rashawn Gary's really plateaued, I think. Preston Smith's had a pretty good start to the season, but he's not a premier rusher. Uh, Joe Barry has not shown much in terms of blitz packages that are a real threat. Uh, Barry's inexperienced as a D coordinator. The special teams have never been good here, ever, for like, ever in my 30, 40 years covering the team. That's a problem. And I think, you know, Adrian Amos, you guys know him. 
Everybody's matching up on uh, Adrian on uh, third and four, third and five. Uh, he's a stiff guy in coverage. That hurts him. And Darnell Savage, the other safety, a talented guy, but he makes an awful lot of, uh, he's got, I'd say, poor eye discipline. He takes a lot of chances. So uh, I think that's it. And if Kenny Clark goes down their D-line, their run run defense is really shaky. Yeah. Um, uh, what, I had some, uh, oh, is Jeff brought it up at the beginning. I wanted to bring it up also. Is So Aaron Rodgers, is, is, is it bygones be bygones, or is there Green Bay concerned that at the end of the season they're going to be hoping Jordan Love develops into what he, they drafted him to be? I think – much of that, Jeff, depends on how the season turns out, Tom. You know, um, Rogers. I mean, um, yeah, I think he's upset with the organization, the way it, the way it uh, treated him, and he's got a list of grievances, whatever. Um, but that can change now with a Super Bowl victory or a close loss in the Super Bowl, something like that. Um, there's, you know, they're tight against the cap, and it's never really been like that for. 20 years since the cap really started in 93. They've never had cap problems, but they got to re-sign Adams. Uh, they're going to do something with Rogers deal, I would think. So it could be his last season. There's no question about that. All right, Bob, we're going to let you go. I know you got things to do today and we appreciate it uh, very much. Bob McGinn now working for golongtd.com. Check it out. And uh, some really good people over there, including Tyler Dunn, who's done some really good journalism over the years. Bob, appreciate it. and Good seeing you, my friend. Bears and Packers on Sunday. Never gets old in the NFL, that's for sure. Great rivalry. Thanks a lot, guys. Bob Thanks, McGinn. Bob. Bob McGinn with Tom. I'm Jeff. We'll be back after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Sunday's game against the Green Bay Packers brought to you by PNC, the official bank of the Chicago Bears. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, getting you set for Bears-Packers. Just heard from Bob McGinn with his uh, review of this team, the longtime veteran writer covering Packers football. So let's start breaking it down now from an Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams standpoint, because really you have to begin there offensively because those two alone can inflict enough damage to beat you. Yeah, they can play a two-man game against any down and distance. They have a great relationship that doesn't take any verbal signals to be on the same page. And then, you know, when you talk about Devontae Adams and sometimes how open he is in the middle of a defense, he talks himself about his release at the line of scrimmage plays a more important role than his size or his speed. And so I guess that's the challenge of the defensive backs is not necessarily, you know, how they cover them, but when they're lined up against them at the line of scrimmage in press coverage or they're lined up at a certain distance off the line of scrimmage when he makes his transition into the break of his route. And that will dictate the fate of, you know, what Aaron Rodgers feels comfortably at doing with Devontae Adams. But what the guy does from the line of scrimmage plays the biggest role in his success. All right, and Sean Desai, the defensive coordinator for the first time against these Packers, uh, speaks of the complication of playing them, and not just because of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They're good players. And so when they're good players and you've got a quarterback like that and a receiver like that, and the system allows them to uh, create space for those guys. You know, even, even on all the run plays, you know, you've you got to defend those backs now because they've got a good running game, and those backs are really good. But on all their run plays, there's any moment where any, Aaron can get up and throw the ball. And everybody's blocking run, and you're fitting the run, and all of a sudden there's Devontae catching one in the flat, or there's 
Tanya catching one in the flat or whoever it is. You know, somebody's catching one on a fade ball on a run play. So, you know, they're, they're attacking all levels of the field and all parts of the field and using your eyes against you. And so that's where we got to be really disciplined and patient and just kind of keep us straining through the game. All right, when he talks about using your eyes against you, that's peaking. That's not remaining disciplined with your eyes on what your keys are, correct? Yeah, and Jeff, don't overplay your responsibility. So if you go back and you watch all the most successful of the last 30 runs by Aaron Jones, a majority of them are cut back against the original point of attack. So now if you're a defender, you're on the backside and you're playing an undisciplined style of defense, then you're going to open the open up the opportunities for Aaron Jones and, and Dylan for that matter. So just be responsible for your responsibility as you break the huddle. Yeah. Don't try to guess and don't try to do too much. All right, well, looking back to the uh, January 3rd meeting uh, against the Packers at Soldier Field, Bears dominated the clock. That was your plan, right? Try to keep them off the field. He still threw four touchdown passes, and they won the game despite you dominated the time of possession. And because they were moving the ball, they, they only had seven third down in that game. Seven third downs, that's it. That speaks of tremendous efficiency. Yeah, you know, and it, it really is a huge challenge to your defense because when you're getting hit for chunk yards repeatedly, you kind of really waver on the faith of the system and how you're calling the game. You're not challenging these guys to have a, a drive that turns into a double-digit time-consuming drive that results in three points. It's just like the Bears. If you're going to have that time of consumption, a better result in touchdowns every drive you have. In the, you know, with Green Bay, they hit you with chunk yards, and they just keep going at you aggressively. Defensively, they're sixth in yards allowed. So the defense, despite their injuries, and no Jair Alexander, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and Zadarius Smith not able to go just yet for the Packers. They've been able to take the ball away. They haven't been good in the red zone, though. They've given up 100% of the red zone possessions for touchdowns, and that's that's where you speak of. you got to cash in. This is the game where even a little crack you know, I'm talking, and, I, and I, you know, this is true for any game, but against Aaron, he has a unique way of making you pay for every single mistake you make. So, you know, it, it's the first downfall start to make you first and 15. It's the special teams penalty after a good return that now backs you up at your own 10 and you can't convert on a third down and now you're giving him field position. Uh, it's, the, it's the tip pass that happens to go in the wrong direction. Or it's throwing it up to Devontae or Randall Cobb in this case because he's back with his buddy. It's third and 15. You got him backed up at the south end of Soldier Field. Crowd's going crazy, and he throws it up there and draws a pass interference penalty for a first down. You know he does yeah. it every time. Well, you know, the greatest luxury to a defensive coordinator is having a quarterback as great as Aaron Rodgers because in between the 20s, you can be a lot more aggressive. And then, you know, in the red zone, you talk about their vulnerabilities. There's not a lot of things that the court that Aaron Rodgers can help you with because you're close to the goal line and, and you and you're giving up these opportunities. But inside the field to play, you can have a chance to be a little bit more aggressive trying to make a play because if you miss it, Aaron Rodgers will bail you out. And that's always one of the luxuries that they've had since the you know, like I said, the Favre and Rogers era has begun. All right, there's a bunch of matchups that we could break down, but one I'm particularly interested in if if he travels with Devontae Adams is Jalen Johnson, who's very proud to be covering everybody's best receiver. I want to follow the best receiver every game. So I mean he's the best receiver. So I mean, of course, I'm looking forward to that matchup and we'll see what happens. He's allowing less than a forty percent catch rate so far, getting a lot of acclaim out there from the analytics 
uh, version of uh, analysis and reporting. But Jalen Johnson uh, is certainly a riser, and he's beloved by his teammates who see him in a very, very bright light right now. Well, it's going to be two opposite ends of the spectrum. If Jalen Johnson can cover him, Aaron may shy away from him. If Aaron recognizes early that Jalen cannot catch him, he will go to him repeatedly. So, you know, Jalen, you play, you you do well for yourself, and you're going to give yourself a lot more comfortable of a game. Lastly, I'm, I'm digging Cairo Santos right now. He's rolling, so let's not jinx him. 34 in a row in the regular season, 35 in a row if you count the playoff loss to New Orleans. And I look at Mason Crosby. You can't tell me it didn't get into his head a little bit. He missed three and made a big one last week against the Bengals, and he's only 13 of 20 at Soldier Field. So that's my, that's my thought. Well, there's a 0% chance of rain on <laughs> Sunday, so it's going to be perfect natural grass, outdoor kicking conditions. Good for both the kickers, but still always more difficult for the opponent. All right, hope it's fun. Tom, we'll talk to you on Sunday. Adios. That's Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks again to our producers, the folks here at The Score, also Dan Brilli, Katie Tuber, and Jordan Treadup. We'll have the game starting at 9 a.m. on WBBM News Radio 105.9, and we'll have the kickoff at noon. Join us then, and have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.